Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The four new schools from the Pac-12 have gotten their schedules. Utah entered the offseason as potentially the favorite next year, and their schedule, well, helped uh, confirm that just a touch. We'll go through the new schedules that are out for the new Big 12 schools in 2024. This is the Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcast. You guys can also find us on YouTube as well. Uh, if you all find us in those podcast places, please give us five stars. Also, uh, leave comments as well. You all can find me. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at NWPod365. You guys also, if you find us on YouTube, please like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. All of those things that helps us out. So we are in the off season, and uh, because of that football, the, the show's been a bit shorter. I know we have basketball going on. Uh, I've had a lot going on with uh, just like personally stuff and, and, and work and whatnot. So that's why the shows have been a bit shorter. Uh, obviously, the football, there's just you know there's a lot of stuff to talk about with football uh, and just kind of been taking a step back. But we'll crank back up with basketball, obviously, as it hits February and also football things as well. So the shows have been in the 15 minute range. We're going to go to 20 to 30, back to 20 to 30. We just took a little bit of time kind of in the interim getting there really since the beginning of January this month, throttled back just a little bit, but once February hits, it'll be full speed ahead and also full speed ahead today as we are discussing the schedules. So I, I took a look yesterday, just kind of did some general thoughts about the schedule. And what I want to tell you guys you know, on this show is about uh, the four new school schedules, right? So obviously the Big 12 added four schools last year in the form of Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston. And then they lost to Texas and OUF the season's over. They will gain four more next year, Utah, uh, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. And Utah after the season they had, the seasons they had, the two championship winning seasons in the Pac-12, felt like they had a chance to win it again, but a big problem for them was uh, injuries you know, across the board, mostly Cam Rising, right? 
Cam Rising's injury really did set them back last year, and they had a tough time, whether it's Nate Johnson or Bryson Barnes at quarterback. Just sadly, they still had, what, an eight-win season, so pretty good, but Cam Rising being back was huge, and now we've gotten the news that Cam Rising is going to be back again. Arizona's performance in 2023 kind of lent itself to a similar type situation where they had a really nice year and they're going to bring back the key components of a team that performed above expectation and also with a coach that was on the rise. Jed Fish then leaves and is going to Washington. Uh, Brett Brennan now comes in from uh, from uh, San Jose State. He's coming in now. And so they've maintained some of the roster, lost some of it. Their schedule is somewhat challenging too. And then Colorado obviously has the you know story about Deion Sanders and how he will look this season. And then Arizona State is just trying to build up a roster and become more competitive, I think, over time. And I think they have a shot at doing so next year. But, you know, bowl game, I'm not positive that's going to be what happens. We will see for ASU. But Utah, I think, and Arizona were the big storylines. And then you see the schedules, and it's hard not to go back to those schools again, particularly Utah. So when you check out the Utah schedule, you know, I think the one thing I think about this, we use ESPN for this, is that obviously the Baylor game for them is going to be a non-conference game. And I obviously, I guess, but it's going to be, right? This was a game that was previously scheduled. The other series in the Big 12 that has the same thing going on is going to be Arizona and K-State. They will play next year. And what is also a non-conference game because it was previously scheduled. So you look at that first stretch. I don't know, we'll go just the first four games. Southern Utah, Baylor, at Utah State, at Oklahoma State, and then Arizona. They have a bye after that. All right, but that's a tough month when you look at, hey, you've got four teams in a row that are pretty good. Baylor you know, could be good at Utah State. That was a, a decent team last year. Uh, I think, let's see, what was a Utah? Yeah, six and seven. So it was a bowl team last year. Oklahoma State was in the Big 12 championship game. And then Arizona, obviously, was really strong last year. So their first month is challenging. But what I'll say about this is Southern Utah should be a win. Baylor should be a win because Baylor has been down. And I think two weeks in, it's going to be tough to go on the road to Rice Eccles Stadium against the Baylor Bears and go get that victory. Utah State should be a raucous atmosphere for that game. Right. But still, and, and that's that's the kind of the, the hard part about this is like that that difficult stretch there is just the quantity of games that are important. Right. So you're trying to get out of September four and one. That is the goal for the Utes. If you make it out of September four and one, and you know, you're feeling pretty good about where you're at. Because what happens for Utah after that, folks, at Arizona State, TCU, at Houston, BYU. All right. Those are your next four games. In those four games, folks, they do not play a team that went to a bowl game last year. ASU did not, TCU did not, Houston did not, and BYU did not. And I know Willie Fritz is a good coach. I know TCU could rebound. Uh, I know ASU could be better. It's on the road, right? I know BYU can be tough, and that's a rivalry game. So there are ways to spin all of those as potential challenges. But if you're looking at last year's performance, and trying to spin that forward this year, and that's tough to do in the Big 12 sometimes, but Utah is a consistently good program. These have not been consistently good teams, and TCU, you know, I think TCU should have been a bowl team last year, but did not perform consistently enough to get themselves 
into a bowl game, right? Um, you know, that's that's just what we have to say about it. But still, like those are four schools that did not make a bowl game. And that is what your middle, your meat of a schedule is coming off of a bye week. That is where you are. Spin it even further forward. You have a bye on November, the week of November 10th. Your last three are at Colorado, Iowa State, and at UCF. So you do have two road games, but you are going on the road against a team that was not that good last year and fade, you know, not just faded late, was terrible late in the season. Iowa State is a bowl team, and UCF is a bowl team, but they have this big chunk where it's one, two, three, four, five, five straight games in the heart of the schedule where you are playing teams <clears throat> excuse me, that were not in bowl games. So that is your chance to kind of put a stamp, you know, and, and get rolling and become consistent. Now, yeah, will you teams be gunning for you in the end of the season? Yes. But if I'd ask you, hey, what's the best team slash best coach, you know, team plus coach that you will face in that backstretch? Well, I like Gus Malzahn a lot, but if you go team plus coach, I think Iowa State is the toughest one out of all of those at this point in time. That could change next month or next year, rather. Uh, but still, I'd, I'd rather take on UCF at this point than Iowa State. And the good news is Iowa State's at home. Yes, you do have to go to Orlando. Orlando, the last week of the season on a Friday, could be very, very tricky. But there's a chance that with how the schedule was has played out for them, they might be in the Big 12 championship game already at that point in time. I think there's a very good chance we see them rip off five in a row. If you come off the bye with Colorado on the road, that's probably six in a row. So if you're just saying like, hey, how many wins will it take in conference? And that once again, the Big 12 plays a nine conference game schedule, even though you've got Baylor in there. So you're going to play, you know, and look like Utah State's good. So you're basically playing like nine and a half uh, power five teams, you know, nine and a half to 10, right? I mean, Southern Utah is really the only non-power five team they play. Um, but like, I think a 10 and two is pretty reasonable that next year or, or not expected, but 10 and two is in their gun sites. And a 10 and two in the Big 12, I think, gets them into the Big 12 championship game. So, Utah, with what we know about these other teams before the portal window, Utah, to me, with this schedule, should be feeling very good about what they've got coming next year. I think that's, uh, once again, pretty reasonable thing to say. I talked about Arizona's schedule yesterday, but I would like to hit that schedule once again today. You go and look at the Arizona Wildcats schedule. New Mexico, Northern Arizona, at K-State, at Utah. That is their month of September. Looks like a 2-0. and They could end up 2-2, two and two, though. I mean, they, they are going to want to split those, you know, the K-State on the road, Utah games. Now, the good thing is it's broken up by a bye, so I think that's very possible, but that's very challenging for them. Good news is, as I mentioned, that K-State game is a non-conference game. Then they've got the bye or excuse me, not a bye. Then they've got uh, Texas Tech on the road. They've, or excuse me, at home. They've got at BYU, Colorado, and West Virginia. All right, so that month of October, you know, there's some meat in there, but that, that's that's not the end of the world in terms of a four-game stretch. They could go 4-0 in that stretch. You know, I think 3-1 and one is what you're targeting. If you're 3-1, and 2-2, one, two and two, you put yourself at, what, 5-3, uh, and three, right, at that point in time. You're going to need to kick it into high gear, though, if you want to make a Big 12 championship game with those last four games of schedule at UCF, Houston, at TCU, ASU. So it's not it's not really hard, but you need to make sure that you are in a good spot coming into the season, uh, coming into that final stretch. 
All right, you need to make sure that that's, that is where you are. Coming to that final month, you're in position to make that jump. For Arizona State, much different spot here. Uh, obviously, if a three and nine season, they've got Wyoming, Mississippi State, at Texas State, and Texas Tech on the road. That's their first month. That is really challenging for them. Mississippi State is trying to put back together that roster, uh, you know, to a place they feel you know respectful. Obviously, a coaching change happens there. And then uh, at Wyoming, too. Wyoming had a really good year. They, they lose Craig Bowl, you know, who's retiring. Um, but still a really good team. You know that they, they're dangerous. Usually Laramie is a tougher place to go, so it's good that that one's at home. Texas State on the road, obviously, with G.J. G.J. Kenny last year had a lot of success. That Texas Tech's going to be a challenging game for them, too. They then have Kansas and Utah, both at home, which is nice, at Cincinnati, and then uh, Oklahoma State, both on the road. This, this is a hard schedule, people. This is a very hard schedule. UCF at K-State, BYU, Arizona. I mean, Arizona State might be favored. Let's see, Wyoming they will be. BYU maybe later in the year they will be. Depending on where Cincinnati is, they might be, but I doubt that. I mean, if you look at the schedule right now, from where ASU was last year, they might be favored in two games. And their road schedule you know, like you want your, uh, you want your toughest games, you know, uh, you know, when tougher games, you want those at, at home, right? You want to be able to swing those games. Uh, Texas state is not a game, you know, not a road game that you want to have. Uh, we just saw Baylor go down there and lose in San Marcos at Texas tech. I don't like their chances at Cincinnati is gonna be a toss up and you might favor home team there at Oklahoma state. That's a tougher game. You know, don't love that at K state tougher game at Arizona looks like a tougher game. I know it's a rivalry game. looks like a tougher game. Arizona put it on them. So I'm concerned about what this season looks like for them. The big deal for them is getting the roster back into a place where, hey, this thing feels potentially competitive again. That's their big key because their roster was so depleted last year. For three and nine, they fought their tails off, but still, three and nine is three and nine. Speaking of challenging schedules, let's go with what. Colorado has North Dakota State at Nebraska at Colorado State, Baylor at UCF. Three road games, the first five plus North Dakota State and Baylor. Now, uh, Nebraska, they beat last year, but Nebraska looks like they're improving at least. And Colorado State, they barely beat last year. Looks like they're actually not a, a decent team. It looks like they're a decent, decent squad. You've got the bye after September. Uh, and then you've got this middle chunk. I mean, their their, their stretch run is 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 hard. Uh, in those last seven games, they're going to play K State, at Arizona, at Texas Tech, Utah, at Kansas, and and, and Oklahoma State. So they have got a, a nine win team, a ten win team, a seven. Let's see, it was a seven or six, whatever it was, uh, ends up being seven win team, a eight win team, a nine win team. And then a nine-win team, and I think I forgot Oklahoma State won their bowl game. I think they did, right? I think they did. Uh, you've got all of that stacked together. Maybe A and M, yeah, yeah. So you've got all of these winning programs in the back part for a team that was really bad down the stretch. The comp I used for Colorado was this. The comp for Colorado was Kansas 2021. The reason why I said, hey, 
KU looked really good to start the year, as did Colorado. They sputtered towards the backing because they did not have enough uh, talent, not, not enough gas in the tank, right? That was not something that looked like they possessed. Colorado, much along those same lines, struggled mightily down the stretch. Personnel issues, bad coaching decisions like firing Sean Lewis, all of those things. Can they get their roster? Can they get their strength and conditioning? Can they get their coaching and their quality of play to a place later in the season where they look like they know what, they know what they're doing? They, they looked really good to start the year. It looked like Deion Sanders knew exactly what he was doing to start off the year. Then you got later in the year, and he did things like they lost to Stanford, which was bad. Uh, that was a really poorly managed game. Firing Sean Lewis was bad. The amount of times they were sacked, terrible, right? Uh, so we're at the point now where Colorado's going to try to do what Lance Leipold did and try to see if they can get some more quality on the roster top to bottom, if they can manufacture that quality into you know meaningful uh, results, you know, being more competitive, all those things. And so that's where I'm at with Colorado. But if you look at these four schools, you feel worst, I think, about Arizona State's chances. You don't feel great about the back end of the Colorado schedule. You feel better about Arizona because where the team is. You feel great about Utah because of the schedule and what they're returning. And if Cam Rising is Cam Rising, they're going to be in very, very good shape, I think, next year. All right, let's talk about what happened last night in some Big 12 basketball. So Big 12 hoops last night, three games were on the docket. Uh, the big result to me was TCU 85, Texas Tech 78 in a, you know, I thought it was a pretty good game. Uh, TCU comes out looking sharp considering the fact that they just played a game the other day that was a, uh, you know, a three overtime game. What are those categories you look at? All right, let's look at on the glass, plus seven. Let's look at turnovers, plus four. Let's look at the shooting numbers with their tired legs. They were 11 for 20 from deep. Uh, Tennyson was four of eight. Micah Peavy was four of four. Jameer Nelson Jr. was two of two. And this game really, you know, a game where Emmanuel Miller only scored 11 points and uh, was two of seven. Having Tennyson come on there and he, look, he played 35 minutes. Travian Tennyson did. He scored 23 points, uh, four of eight shooting from three and five, five in the line. My thing on TCU has been this last couple of years. I know TCU's got the talent, the ability this year. I know they are a very good team. My big question is this, uh, you know, it was this with them. Can they find that form later in the year? Can they find that form in, 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 in February and March when they have not done that in the past? That's what I think a lot of us are asking because they've taken some good teams a tournament before. They haven't played great down the stretch. They've ended up in like the eight, nine seed range. They need to avoid that again. And I feel like they've been competitive in that game against Gonzaga and they should have beaten Arizona the previous year, but they have not gotten the job done. So can they get this team playing at a place like, you know, like, like they want to be later on in the year, Texas tech. I'm not too worried about this. They shot 52% from the floor and 50% from three. The big, I think key, you know, is, is, is also free throws to shot 14 TCU shot 32 of them. So despite good shooting nights and pop Isaacs had a really good night Forty played all 40 minutes, 25 points and nine assists for him. Uh, they only played eight guys total. Another good night from McMillan who had 19 points. TCU just, just played a bit better and they, just, they maneuvered their way and got their way to the line a bit more, which obviously paid dividends for them. 
let's see. Also on the evening, Oklahoma with a 20-point win at K-State. I did not see this one coming. Uh, Jalen Moore has the big night, 23 points and nine rebounds on eight of 11 shooting. Uh, they were two of 14 from three, but still managed to win this game because they were plus five in the turnover battle. They were plus four in the, uh, in the rebounding category. So they were able to win in those categories uh, on the evening and they got to the line 39 times as well. So they shot 14 more free throws, even though they were on the road and Moore and McCollum were the two big factors for them with their scoring. This was Porter Mosier. This, this was a, an excellent defensive performance for them too, especially in that first half. I mean, four of 28 from three for K-State. Yes, they did miss some shots, but I felt like the defense from OU was just there all night and they were in their faces. So a win for Oklahoma. It felt like they needed something like that because uh, they've kind of been up and down, kind of what we're used to with Oklahoma, but now they're back to 500 in the league at 16-5, and 4-4 four and four overall. KU brings out the hammer on Oklahoma State. This game was never really in doubt. Uh, all five starters for them go in double figures. One big thing here was no Kevin McCullough Jr., so we'll check on that status as well. But Kansas shoots 58% from the floor, 8 of 18 from 3. They were plus 11 on the glass. They had 22 assists on just 34 made baskets. This was a really good night passing the basketball getting everybody involved. Juan Harris had seven assists. KJ Adams had six assists. Hunter Dickinson goes for 16 points and 11 rebounds. And they were just efficient. There was really killer team effort for KU coming off of a loss, setting up what is a massive game between Houston and KU on Saturday. Two games coming up tonight in the Big 12 Conference. Baylor goes to UCF at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Also, at the same time, a regional rivalry as Cincinnati travels to West Virginia. So a couple interesting games that are happening tonight. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on X slash Twitter at NWPod365. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Also, uh, five stars in those podcast places. All right, folks. We'll talk at you all manana.